presented by the Common Sense Institute. Welcome to Common Sense Digest, the podcast that seeks to inject a little common sense into Colorado's policy discussion. Here's your host, Earl Wright. Welcome to Common Sense Institute podcast. I'm your host, Earl Wright, chairman of the CSI Board of Directors. As a co-founder of CSI, I'm really excited about today's episode and to discuss the future of CSI. So I'm thrilled to be joined by three chartered character-driven leaders who have impacted public policy and are set to lead our organization. CSI's CEO, Christian Strom, along with two new incoming executive directors, Colorado's Kelly Caulfield and Arizona's Katie Ratliff. Ladies, it's great to have you here. It's great to be here. Thanks for having us. Let me give you a little background on Kelly. Kelly, are you ready? I'm here. I'm ready. Okay. She joined CSI Colorado with nearly 20 years of experience on the intersection between public policy, education, economic workforce development. As a former vice president of government affairs of Colorado Succeeds, Kelly oversaw the organization's policy and government affairs initiatives and led advocacy strategies. And it's really nice to see that that she not only has had passion in all of this, but she also represented R&D. She was right down the middle, and the idea was how do we get things done, and a commitment to improving public education, workforce development. And for many years, she worked in Capitol Hill as a leading expert in federal education policy. That involved working with Senate, congressmen, and the experience in Washington, D.C. She's had a chance to bring to us here in Colorado. In Arizona... We have Katie, Katie Ratliff, who led CSI Arizona starting, she's going to lead CSI Arizona starting in 2023, and brings over a decade of experience as the nexus of economic development, public policy, governance, including six years at the office of the Arizona governor, where she leads strategic development, state policy, budget initiatives, and legislative reactions. In her current role as Deputy Chief of Staff, Katie is responsible for leading the Governor's Office advocacy efforts on impactful policies positively affecting Arizonians. I have to say, Katie, what you and Governor Ducey have accomplished in turning around the budget, placing priorities like the Governor said he was going to achieve in education, and raising teachers' salaries, I'd like to see us be able to do that in Colorado, but bless you for doing it down there. And Katie, thank you for being on board. Thank you, Earl. I really appreciate that. As CSI's new executive directors, both Kelly and Katie, aim to champion nonpartisan, we talked about that with Katie and Kelly, dynamic econometric research to apprise Coloradoans, Arizonans, on key issues affecting their communities for further economic vitality. I'm going to start off with both of you, okay? And uh, let's uh, have, have you tell us a little bit more about... Uh, now that you've joined us, what would you like to see happen? Kelly? Thank you so much, Earl, for the opportunity. I think Common Sense Institute is just an extremely powerful and impactful place in the Colorado economy. I think it's an organization that both Democrats and Republicans and the unaffiliated regularly go to for information on a broad range of policy issues and feel excited for the future in 23 and beyond that we continue to be that trusted brand on a variety of issues important to Coloradans. So I'm particularly excited about continuing that strong leadership and growing our coalition of supporters. Well, you certainly do come with a, 
an extensive resume of accomplishments in the previous organizations you've been involved with, and we're lucky to have you. Katie, now you come from a background of very recent significant change that you've created in Arizona. Is this a step down from where you've been before? Absolutely not. Uh, I think there's nothing but opportunity in Arizona for the Common Sense Institute to really grow the name as a trusted source for information, to grow the brand, and to continue what I've had the honor of doing for the last six years on behalf of the governor, to work with policymakers on both sides of the aisle and stakeholders around the state to educate them on the really important issues that are going to either allow Arizona to continue to grow or potentially slow down the growth that we've seen that I think you mentioned earlier, led to us being able to take a billion-dollar state budget deficit and turn it into a $5 billion surplus because of a focus on economic growth, opportunity for all of our citizens. And so I think over the next several years, we have the opportunity to either continue on that path or things may take a different turn. And so it's incredibly important for organizations like CSI to have a presence in a state like Arizona where they can inform citizens about the impacts that policies really do have on their potential future opportunity. So in effect, you've got these incredible relationships you've developed as the governor's deputy chief of staff. And do you see the work that we're doing at CSI and those relationships as maybe a continuation of uh, how you can have an impact in Arizona? Absolutely. I think, you know, the challenges that we've had to resolve in the governor's office have not necessarily had partisan solutions. We've had to work in a bipartisan way to at times work with people that you wouldn't expect, with groups that you might not expect. And that is the spirit of collaboration that I hope to continue at CSI. We're looking forward to that. Kelly, you've had experience and you've been in the trenches here with regards to non-government agency trying to make certain you have an impact in the area of education, workforce development. Um, how do you see uh, that experience translating to CSI? After working about six years for Colorado Succeeds, which is a coalition of business leaders dedicated to improving public education, I think there are a lot of skills and learnings that I can apply to this new role, this leadership role at CSI. I think first and foremost, nothing is done in Colorado by yourself. You have to build coalitions. This is one of my favorite activities in my former role and roles that I've had professionally. It's building a strategic coalition to get things done. It's one thing to issue a report and then walk away. But I'm equally excited about what's the, what's the action plan? Who do we partner to really make a difference and impact the lives of Coloradans? And I think another strength of uh, previous experience has been just a real passion for what I call the radical middle of Colorado. That 47% of the state. That's right. <laughs> the unaffiliated, those who um, you know understand parts of the Democratic Party, the Republican Party, but really feel this purple presence in the Colorado ecosystem. And I'm particularly excited about working with them and working across political party lines to get things done for our state. I want to push back with both of you with regards to, okay, CSI is a great opportunity, but you're from two different states, okay? And Arizona, I know, has unique situations. Uh, maybe some of them are common with Colorado. 
But Katie, I want to push back specifically with you. How do you see yourself doing the analysis, doing the research, and being effective? Well, you're right. We do represent two very different states, Colorado and Arizona, although I would say it's a pretty common experience across the country right now to just want nonpartisan factual information to help you make decisions about what kind of impact public policy has on your life day to day. In Colorado, we found that we were research deprived Precisely. When it came to legislative issues, we were told that, which is one of the reasons why we got started 12 years ago. Is there a similarity in Arizona? I think that's absolutely right. I think that is um, something that people in Arizona, in Colorado, and I would say around the country are hungry for. They want to understand what is happening at their state houses. They want to understand you know, what what kind of impact public policy locally has on their day-to-day lives, their ability to earn a living, raise a family, you know, pay for their groceries and their gas. And it I, I think that's exactly right what you said. There's sort of a void of research that takes what can be very complicated public policy issues, things like water, rising crime, inflation, and break it down in a way that makes sense, that it is not politically motivated one way or the other. And that just explains what it means to them or what it should mean to them. And that's what makes me really excited about CSI coming to Arizona. And in fact, it's the thing that I've heard the most since uh, taking this job and since the announcement was made, like, wow, we really need this. We're so ready for this. Uh, This was really missing in the conversation in our state. Kelly, you're kind of like the, uh, I guess, uh, the person who is going to follow the uh, uh, the founder who created something, and now you're charged with building on top of that. So how do you build on those that came before you in Colorado? How do you see yourself in this your new leadership creating more on top of what we've already done? I think it is a tremendous foundation that has been built here at CSI. So I I don't see it as a challenge. I see it as a very exciting professional opportunity. And it's not just a job, but it's a way to truly give back to our state and to invest in it. I think there are opportunities to continue some of the more recent work with regional roundtables. That brings me a lot of energy. I feel very excited about that. After working with the Colorado legislature, Over the past six years, I've learned that when you talk to policymakers, quite often there is one or two people back home who matter the most in their policy decision. In education, it's almost always the school superintendent. On a myriad of issues, it's the county commissioner. And it's important to get out of the metro Denver area and to take your content, your reports, the discussion on a a roadshow. So talking to northern Colorado, going down to the Springs... Western Slope, Eastern Plains, really getting that message out there. I know that CSI is doing that work, but I'm, I'm excited to expand on that and to meet policymakers where they live. It's harder to hide, and it, I think, fosters stronger connections as we try to move towards braver policy solutions. Really deeper in the community, I hear you say. Katie, I want to build on something that uh, Kelly said and also you referred to and that is working across lines and bipartisanship. How do you see yourself in Arizona with, you've been with the Republican governor, and you got a big R on your forehead. 
how do you take this research and analytical work and work in a bipartisan way? I'm going to have the same question for you, Kelly, but in a little bit of a different frame when I come to it. But please, Katie, would you kind of show us how you're going to make that happen? Well, now you've made me think I should get bangs to cover up the bar <laughs> on my forehead. Uh, That'd be kind of nice. You look nice. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Policy and hairstyle advice on your podcast, I guess. <laughs> the great thing about working in Arizona is that we have always had to come up with bipartisan solutions. We have incredibly narrow majorities in our state legislature, uh, one vote majorities Republicans hold in each chamber. And so the best policies are created by working with leaders on both sides of the aisle. And it's something that the governor has always challenged us to do. Governors are elected, yes, with a partisan label next to their name, but they're also elected to govern. And governing isn't necessarily as partisan um, as people think. You know, governors get along with each other. They're competitive with each other, whether they're Republicans or Democrats. They pick up the phone and call when there's a crisis, a wildfire. And so it's just a very different perspective and we have every year worked both with Republican and Democratic leaders to craft some of what I think are the most important public policies that, that we've advanced on issues like water, opioids, the teacher raise. We've talked to leaders on both sides of the aisle, and I don't expect any of that to change. I hear you also saying that bipartisanship creates longevity and public policy changes. Am I hearing that correctly? That's a really good point. The more that you can build your coalition, as Kelly said, the deeper you can go, that you can capture sort of the reachable middle, the more longevity your program will have. You know, policies can come and go as politics change. And so the deeper you go into the political spectrum on both sides – and the more you can captivate people and and show that you're addressing issues that matter to them, the less likely it is to go away. Coalition. That's an interesting word. And also you talked about that great middle, Kelly. In Colorado, we have such a great middle. How in the world do you hope to be effective with a, an R, or a D, R and a D legislature, but yet the state being dominated by that huge middle? So how do you hope to be effective in that environment? It's a good question. I think in Colorado, one of my favorite parts of working here, um, as opposed to being in Washington, D.C., at the federal level, is truly a, a spirit of bipartisanship. Yes, everyone knows who is a Democrat and who is a Republican, but I have found strong, rich collaboratives of Democrats and Republicans that work so well together at the Capitol, and I'm just... So hopeful they come back and we'll And that's been your that's been your history then down at the state house and working with that in that environment? Yes, it's been very collaborative and and I can name them by name. There's a variety of legislators that on education, workforce issues that I had been tracking most closely, leaders like Senator Paul Lundeen, Representative Julie McCluskey, um, Senator Barbara Kirk Meyer, Senator Zenzinger, among many others who came together on big issues important to the state. So I see real opportunity. I feel more optimistic in Colorado than I felt in Washington, D.C. And I think it will only continue. And I think it will be even stronger in the future. Hey, thank you so much for your answers to that question. 
Uh, let's bring Christian Strom in. Uh, she has led our nationwide search for our new executive directors. Christian, uh, tell us what stood out with the incoming directors that caught your eye and said, hey, we've got to bring these people on board. And how do you foresee their impact on not only the nonprofit, but the communities they serve? Well, Earl, it is an honor to be on the show with Katie and Kelly. Their names do start with a K, which gave them an advantage going into the interviews. Uh, Just kidding. But what really stood out about these two exceptional women is that they've had a history and a career track of getting things done in the public policy space. They've been leaders in each one of their states. They have expertise at the policy level, but they've also led and grown organizations, which I think is really impressive and will take CSI to the next level. You mentioned they're both from different states. Everybody listening, I can see that. What do you hope that they will accomplish? Arizona, Colorado, the only thing I know that they both have in common is water. Uh, and I don't think they agree upon that, but maybe they do. And I know they have some similar other issues, but what do you hope they, they can accomplish? Well, I'll start with Arizona. As our listeners who are regular listeners know, we just started Arizona in March. And when we opened a CSI office in March, I don't think it was in any of our wildest dreams that we would be bringing on an executive director before it was even a year old with somebody of such caliber and quality as Katie, which is pretty phenomenal. But my goals for Katie, and I think what she's really looking at doing, is really establishing the organization. CSI is an unknown brand in Arizona. We already have a track record in over 20 reports we've released, but it's still new. People still don't know what CSI stands for. And you think about how long it took us, Earl, to build CSI. I mean, think about that. 12 years we've been going at this. In the first few years, Does that it suggest takes a while. that we didn't know what we were doing and now I mean, we do? I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. <laughs> um, but I think that that's really Katie's job day one is to really look at building the organization from the ground up. We have a s- small but mighty team there, but a lot of stakeholder engagement, relationships to build, and then community awareness. When I talked to Katie earlier, she said, we really have to build the brand. That's the number one goal in Arizona. Now, shifting to Colorado, I think Kelly's goals are a little bit different. It's a well-established brand. CSI, as some in the media say, is punching above our weight regularly. CSI Colorado's released over 50 reports this year. So I think Kelly's challenges and opportunities are a little bit different. She has the opportunity to continue to grow, to continue to reach other parts of the state. I think at times, you know, we've been really focused on reports and issues in the front range, but there's a, it's a big state. There's a lot of other issues out there. Our issue list, as you know, because you see it every month, there's no end in sight. There is a lot of work still to be done. So I think Kelly has tremendous leadership skills and we'll be tackling that. Well, I think everybody listening to this and having a chance to uh, be introduced to Katie and uh, saying, my goodness, if we can get that kind of a quality person in Arizona and somebody like Kelly in, in uh, Colorado, uh, what are the chances you're thinking about someplace else other than Arizona in the future? I'm going to also ask you about that, too. When we first started CSI, and I say we because Earl and I were fortunate enough to be at the table at the same time, and I'm honored to have been on this journey with Earl, and it was really, truly his vision, CSI was, how can we have an unbiased, honest broker that delivers the facts to community 
It had never been done before. And I think a lot of people, when we first started, kind of poo-pooed the idea. That can never be done. Wait, you don't advocate? You're bipartisan? In today's reality, that's just not, it's unheard of. But what we found is that people are hungry for this. Policy happens at the local level. Policy happens in states. States are driving policy. And as a board, as an organization, you had the vision several years ago to say, hey, why aren't we sharing this public good? There are other states in the nation that are being inundated with potential policies that would harm the free enterprise system. And how can we provide the facts to educate policymakers, voters, and the community broadly so that we can embolden and have the best, most robust economy and individual opportunity? So I turn it back to you because a lot of this was your vision, Earl, and I'd love for you to share the story a few years ago on how we embarked on this journey of expanding across the nation. As you know, you were there and you heard the conversation and there was a significant frustration about policies being made without much information behind the decisions. And then we found out that the legislators, very shortly, were also as frustrated because they didn't have the information which they could, in essence, make some of the question, make some of the decisions they would like to make and know that they were making uh, sound economic decisions. So there's both sides of, of we wanted something better in Colorado for decision-making as a voting populace and people that were in the free enterprise system, all with the idea of how do we help this great state continue to grow, continue to have its values be a significant part of who we are, and let free enterprise blossom and continue to be a significant part of how this country can continue to grow. As everybody knows, if you don't have a tax base, you don't have government revenues to make changes at the local level. And so it was pretty easy on our part. The question was, could you do it? And that became down to where we are today. Can you find the right people? And if you can, convince people that this is what we want to do. And we did that. Christian, mm-hmm. we did that. Yep. We found people who said, hey, that's a good idea. And so then we said, okay, now we have to deliver. And that's the reports. And the reports did deliver it. So we had an idea. We shared it with people. A lot of people shared the same concerns we had. Then it was a question, do we have the right staff to do it? You headed that up and hired some great people, and now we have that that we can build on. And it seems to be a formula that other states and other people are saying, hey, wait a minute, how do we do that? Because we want to be an informed populace too. And our legislators want to be better legislators if possible. So I think the original idea and what we've created is something we can continue to build on. Well, and that is, I think, exciting for us to think about, you know, what lays on the horizon for CSI, what's going to happen in 2023-2024, and we're excited that this expansion will continue. We've seen that it's already added such a robust public good to the state of Arizona. We know that it can be replicated, so we're looking at a handful of other states across the nation to launch several more CSI chapters in, and I'm excited that Katie and Kelly are going to be part of that journey. Okay, I'm going to put them back on the hot seat for a second. All right, Katie, you're you're there. What do you hope to be some of the topics you would like to see in the next 24 months or 36 months and say, I'd like to see us address these particular topics and and give a sound basis for our state to make some decisions in these arenas? What might they be? Very simple, Earl. Any issue that impacts the future growth of the state. So that is things like 
housing availability and especially affordable housing availability. Water, as you pointed out, that is a challenge in the West, um, but especially in Arizona, and it's a little bit unique in Arizona. Inflation, rising crime in neighborhoods and how people feel about that crime, uh, what the state can do about it. Anything that could impact the future growth of the state, the cost of energy, taxes, regulatory environment, those are the things that I'm really passionate about and that I think people want to know more about, want to learn more and dig in. And, you know, of course, over the next two or three months, we're going to have a lot of new people elected around the country in Arizona and Colorado. We have about a third of our legislature that will turn over this year. And they only have about 50 days between election day and when they take that oath of office and have to start legislating. And that's not a lot of time to get up to speed on some really critical issues. So I'm grateful for and excited about the CSI reports that have already come out and that are in the works that can help inform those people as they try and figure out, you know, where the bathrooms are down there. Sure. They're also trying to learn about all these really critical issues and they're looking for resources. And so I'm I'm so happy that CSI has already put out, as Kristen mentioned, a number of reports with a number of additional reports in the works that can help inform that conversation as the body changes and comes together to make public policy. Kelly, I'm going to kind of ask you the same question. You've we've put out a lot of reports in Colorado and you have a legislative uh, session that is, uh, I guess, it's just, what, six months away? But yet you have an election that's coming up rather shortly. How do you see um, kind of our focus in the next six months and maybe even into the next year that uh, can help the state make better decisions? And what decisions do you hope that they'll be making? I would echo many of the priority areas that Katie just mentioned water and housing and crime and education. But I I would also say, I think Colorado is in a unique place right now. Sometimes when a bill is passed, you know, the effective dates put out, you know, a year or two, there's a lot of talk in February or March when it first passes, but then it's really quiet until it becomes the moment where the tax is actually implemented, the mandate, the requirement, where the law is actually felt by Coloradans and businesses. And I think for 23, 2023, um, we see some really significant policies starting to be implemented. And that includes the public option for health care, changes to HR benefits like Family Medical Leave Act, in the education space, universal preschool. And I think we should look really closely at implementation financial impacts of of what was actually required of the law and, and what it looks like when it's actually rolled out. What a great step forward. So what you're in effect saying is we can do all the studies in the world about various things and the law can be passed. Then the question is, okay, how do we effectively implement it so that we can accomplish what we want without, in effect, uh, impacting in a negative way free enterprise or the basic economy of Colorado? That's right, Earl. And I have found, you know, a governor's office, legislators are interested and very much open to amendments, technical and more substantive, once data is presented on how, what, what does implementation actually look like? This was the vision that we had as a state. 
But I, I've really seen a lot of, and they also want to be reelected, commonsensical approaches that once something is implemented and strong objective data is presented, that there could be changes. Um, so I, I feel hopeful that those kinds of studies would be well regarded and consumed. That's kind of exciting. You know, I, I frankly, uh, Christian, I don't know that we spend a lot of time thinking about the laws that have been passed. And so how do we help them make certain that it's implemented appropriately? Well, I think it goes back to shelf life, which you're in my head saying that to me over and over on all of our research. CSI to this day has an incredible body of work of research that we've conducted over over a decade. And as Kelly mentioned, a lot of the policies and the research that we did maybe three, five years ago are just now coming to fruition. And as a public, it's our chance to really lean in and say, did this policy have the outcome that we expected? Did this policy help embolden our economy? Did it help strengthen jobs? Did it help provide for my family? And it's an opportunity for CSI to yet re-engage and ensure that the policy decisions that are being made are those that are best for our state. Thanks, Christian. Uh, Katie, go back to you and ask a question. It seems like you're at a different stage than we are in Colorado as far as a maturity organization. So how do you see yourself um, uh, improving the political discourse? I mean, you have this incredible experience working on both sides of the aisle. It's one one thing to provide information. It's another thing to have a, a conversation that people can feel not threatened by talking to somebody with different opinions and having information to talk about uh, a particular topic. How do you see yourself making that happen? Well, in my experience, the easiest way to have those conversations is to solve problems, to identify things that people are concerned about, that keep them up at night, that they talk about around the kitchen table with their families, and to approach it from a place where everyone is there in good faith and everyone has the state's best interests, but you may disagree about how you approach the problem, but you're both there to solve problems. So you agree on the, you agree on the issue? Agree that there is an issue okay. that, that needs to be solved. And that's, I think, the, the easiest way to improve discourse, civil discourse, political discourse, is to recognize that everyone's just trying to solve problems and we might disagree about how we solve them. But we all need facts. We all need objective information as we approach it. And so that, that's what I'm looking forward to doing is really getting out around the state, not just in Phoenix and Tucson and the major metro areas, but all around the state to talk to people and help them understand the role that CSI can play in informing the solutions to those problems. Kelly, you've been active and, and a um, consensus builder. How do you see uh, yourself with regards to the public discourse, improving it here in Colorado from your position? I, I feel so much excitement. It's really what drew me to this role. And I've always followed Common Sense very closely because um, it's an organization that's always brought me a lot of energy and excitement because I, I think it's very well positioned to bring a variety of viewpoints together. I recently attended the quarterly meeting of CSI to hear experts from the stage providing a variety of viewpoints on a variety of policy issues. I couldn't think of any place in Colorado that's doing that right now. And it's not necessarily, you know, ideologically or politically different perspectives, but to have 
a forum to have a room of 100 people learning about homelessness, learning about crime, learning about education in an environment where you're allowed to ask any question you want. And that's the kind of public forum that I think Colorado really um, thrives in. And I'm excited to have more of those events and public spaces to have those conversations. Right now, we, we just have a lot of tribalism. It's very easy to just go and talk to people who think like you do. That's much easier. But I think people are looking for solutions. We have many people who are new to our state. They are not from Colorado. They are hungry to understand what is this ballot? I've never seen such a long ballot. In my state, it's only one or two questions. Here, it might be 20. So I, I do think there's a real hunger for these kind of forums to better understand policy issues in an objective and nonpartisan way. Kristen, you've um, been working for 12 years trying to get that bipartisan you know, way of thinking about things in place. Anything you'd like to share with us as to what's led you to be successful? Uh, I'll just mention our fellows. Our policy fellows are really key to CSI's success. And so many of them, typically we hire an R and a D or two fellows that might have differing viewpoints or backgrounds to come together. And if we can show Colorado and Arizona that two individuals who might not agree on everything can come together around a report, I think then it's hopeful for the whole community broadly to rally around. All three of you have had enormous success as community leaders. We could list all of your accomplishments and and recognitions, and I we don't have time. But it would make everybody even more proud that you're associated with CSI and everybody listening to the podcast say, hey, how lucky could we be? But there's always somebody else that would like to be successful and get involved in the public policy arena and be you know, a leader or a champion in the public policy arena. What advice would you give to them? And Christian, I'm going to start with you. So my one piece of advice, and I give this to my kids, is to find good mentors. Find good mentors in your career, in your personal life that you can go to for advice. I've been really fortunate to have great mentors. Earl, you're one of my mentors. Don't know if you knew that. No, but I'm pleased. (laughs) You should be honored. Um, But find good mentors. I'm good, Kelly. I'm going to go to you next. Thanks, because mine is similar to Kristen, but I think the, the nuance I would add is I call these people in my life accountability partners. Oh, my. Because they may not know that's how I refer to them as. They probably just think they're a mentor. (laughs) But um, what I say very explicitly to them is, I trust your opinion so much. It's so important to have someone who you can say, please let me know when I have shown up short. Please let me know when I've acted out of my character. That's a candid conversation. Let me know when I probably should have done more or where were my blind spots. So there are two or three people who I have designated as, let me know when I didn't meet the mark. And they know they have that role in my life. And that has helped a lot. It's not always fun to hear, but it strengthens you. But it also means that you've made it clear that you want to make a difference. And you're asking them to account for you doing that. Okay, Katie. That was a really good idea, Kelly. I think I might steal that. My advice to anyone who wants to get involved, especially in public policy, is listen a lot more than you talk in the beginning There is a lot to learn. There are a lot of amazing people, as Kristen and Kelly pointed out, mentors that you can learn from, stakeholders in the community who have been doing this work for, in some instances, decades. 
And so listen as much as you can. Get in any room that you can get into and learn and just absorb all that you can because you never know what you might pick up and you never know how you might see something differently and gain new perspective. And I think that's the best way to be successful in public policy especially is to constantly be seeking new perspectives, new ideas, and to Kelly's point, to be held accountable too. This is uh, invigorating and an exciting conversation for me. Uh, I see the three of you creating horizons for all of us to try to go towards that's going to make this state better in your, under your leadership and your ideas as to what could be done, and more importantly, how you see things can be implemented. The fact that you recognize that just because you have an idea that doesn't mean that it's necessarily going to get get done. There's so much to be done through other people and having a conversation with them, but having good, solid research and information for that conversation makes what you're doing even more legitimate. Hey, thank you so much for joining us today, and good luck for the future for all of us here, huh? Thank you, Earl. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Common Sense Digest. For more on today's topic, as well as our research on the most pressing public policy issues facing Colorado, please visit commonsenseinstituteco.org. The preceding episode, along with all others, is available on podcatchers everywhere or on our website under the podcast tab. Our technical producer is John Ekstrom and Deft Communications. This has been a production of the Common Sense Institute.